Welcome to Family Matters, part four, the final part. This has been a conversation about um, what it means to be a church family and why that matters, thus family matters. And today we're moving on. This is the last part of that series. If you missed part three, the uh, two weeks ago, the last gathered church that we had, honestly, I would love for you to go and listen to it online or on our podcast. It is who we are in a nutshell and uh, it's, it's, it was, it's really good to know. It was a good sermon, if I do say so myself. Um, but, but honestly, if, if you haven't listened to that, please go and do. Here's, here's what we talked about last time in Family Matters. We said this, we want to be a church that puts the bottom rungs on the ladder for people who are wanting to connect with God, who are open to, conne- open to connecting with God. See, we, we, we believe this funny thing that if people want to connect with God, we think church should be a great place for that to happen. And, and not only that, we believe that, that all, as a church, we should be the type of place and be the type of people that people who are, are not like us, who don't believe what we believe, feel free to participate with us as they're figuring things out. Um, and, and so we, and we looked at this passage last time uh, out of Acts that, that talked about um, how uh, it, was, it was from the early church leaders, they got together and they said, hey, let's not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And the Gentiles are like, let's not make it d- difficult for people who are not like us, because they were primarily Jewish people at that point in time. And they decided, they drew this line in the sand, they said, we are going to make it easy. We are not going to make it difficult for other people, people who, who are not like us, who don't have our story, to come to God if they want to come to God. And they did, they did, uh, they, they went to great lengths to make, to take away all the unnecessary baggage or, or, or bondage that, that the, the, just to kind of clear the space, to, to put the bottom rungs on the ladder so that people could come to faith. And that's what we want to do. This, been, this, this verse is kind of a guiding principle, always has been for us as a church, that we don't want to make it difficult for anybody who wants to turn to God. See, we think that, this, that God wants everybody to know him. And he wants everybody to follow him. And that fact has profound implications for church, for the church, for how we do church. Because it means that church should probably not just be for church people. That's kind of what we talked about last time, and I explained our strategy for bottom-runging the church experience, the Sunday morning experience, that, that from the very beginning, we've been built from the ground up with the unchurched, the de the post-church, the no-church in mind. We didn't build it for them. We built it so we could all grow closer to God, but we built it from the ground up with, with people who are far from God in mind, and we're working tirelessly to be the type of church that is easy for, it's just kind of natural for you as church members to say, when you hear somebody, man, I'm just not doing well, you're like, well, you should come to church with me. Because even though you don't maybe go to church, I think it might be helpful. That's the kind of church we want to be. Because we believe that you should be able to attend church without belief. And you should be able to have the space to figure out what you want to figure out. And you should be able to be surrounded by fantastic people, have helpful content, your kids will have a blast. There should be great donuts there every time. That's just part of who we are. That's what we mean to put the bottom rungs on the ladder. I failed to mention one very important part because while we want to be a, a church that puts the bottom rungs on the ladder, 
We also believe that you are the bottom rung. While we want to be a church that, that experientially, when people come in, it the, makes sense and it's a good place to be and put the, those rungs on the ladder, ultimately, for, people, for, for a lot of people, you are the bottom rung. And that's what I want to talk about today. You are the first rung for a lot of folks. You are, in my opinion, the most important rung on the ladder. Here's what I mean by that. You are, for someone, if you are a, a follower of Jesus Christ, you are, for someone, the best glimpse into what true faith looks like. You are, for, for someone, um, long before somebody might come to church, they'll hang out with you. And, and, and you know, despite their story of, like, they got burned by the church, or they've never thought about church, so the idea of coming to church is like, no, I'm not going to do that, but can we spend time together because it, it, and, uh, you are the bottom rung. See, here's what I want you to see is you have the power for somebody to change the, their perception of faith by the way that you live your faith. You, you have the power to change somebody, the trajectory of somebody's life based on how you live your faith. There's a basic principle underneath all of this that goes like this. God uses other people to grow us, and he uses you to help other people grow. God uses other people to, to help you grow, and he uses you to help grow other people. All, honestly, most of us, if not all of us, could stand up here with a microphone and say, yeah, that's true. So-and-so they just kept inviting me. Yeah, they just kept, they kept calling. They, 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 were, you know, they prayed for me, and my faith has grown because of that. We understand that principle, but we need to flip it around and recognize that it works the other way, too. That God uses other people to grow, help you grow, but he also wants to use you to grow other people. And here's our big idea for this morning, and this is what I want you to know, is you are the bottom rung for someone. You, yes you, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you are the bottom rung for someone. The question is, will you be willing to be that? Will you think about it that way? And I'll be, I'll, let me just shoot straight with you this morning. Full disclosure, I have an agenda this morning. I like, I have a, like, okay, so most mornings, yes, I'm trying to move us towards something. This morning, I have something very specific of mine. I have a, an agenda. I want to grow in you and me a willingness to be the bottom rung for other folks. I want to grow in you a willingness. I want you to, 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 to be willing to live a certain way so that people might step on you as a bottom rung and maybe even draw closer to God because of it. My goal for this morning is to get us to see that you, yes you, are perfectly positioned to do this. That there is somebody in your life, there's, there's probably more than one, but there's at least one person who is far from God and, they, 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 you, and you are the, the best representation of a follower of God that they have. And so, and so therefore, what you do is really, 
important. You are perfectly positioned for impact. My goal is, is for you to come away with this sense this morning where you start to say, okay, okay, if, if not me, then who? Like, if, if I don't act, if I don't take time for this neighbor, if I don't get to know this person that I see every day, if not me, who? That's my agenda this morning. And if you're a Christian, and you're like, oh, this is so intimidating to me, it's so challenging to me, I have good news for you. It's honestly probably a lot more natural than you think. We're gonna, you'll probably find that by the end of this, that th- this is not as hard as you think. And if you're here this morning, you say, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm definitely not that kind of Christian. Like, my faith is kind of a private matter. You do your thing, I'll do mine. I, I understand that. But, and honestly, I, I want to I say this to you. It's not what you think. By the end of today, I'm not going to ask you to street preach, door knock, Bible thump. It, it's not like that at all. In fact, like what I'm steering you towards is a lot more genuine than those things. And if you're a person who's not a Christian <laughs> and you're here this morning, uh, honestly, you can just sit back and relax because this isn't for you at all. <laughs> but but if, if you're not a Christian and you're one of those people who's like maybe offended that, that we would, uh, you know, oh, like, the, shoot, I'm with a group of people who want to get others to believe what they believe. Like if the idea of proselytizing is off-putting to you, uh, honestly, what I'm going to say today, you're not going to agree with. But I'm still really glad you're here today because I think you might find it really interesting. And, and my goal for you today is, is not to get you to agree with us, but uh, honestly, my goal is, is, is for you to just help you see where we are coming from as people of faith who want to see other people grow in their faith. And so I think it might be interesting. If nothing else, you'll learn something. You'll understand where we're coming from. I think that might be helpful. Now, to do this, I want us to look at a, a, a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament. This is a passage of Scripture that probably not many of you have heard before. It's not a typical Sunday school Old Testament passage, but it's, it's one that <clears throat> I think has the power to really put this conversation into perspective. Now, just to warn you, uh, this, the, it's not going to make sense for a while like where I'm going with this, but the, you're not going to see the parallel right away, but it's worth the wait. It's really good. This is a really good story, and, and, and how it ties together with what we're talking about is, is beautiful. So bear with me. It's out of 2 Kings. Um, it's out of 2 Kings, and uh, this is, uh, it takes place. It's the nation of Israel, and um, around 850 B.C., so long, long time ago, ancient times, it, 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 the story takes place when a, a city called Samaria gets attacked by the Arameans, which is a neighboring country. And the Arameans <coughs> lay siege to the city. And if you remember in like, like history class, a siege is when an army comes to like a city or a fortified wall you know, with a fortified wall and they surround the city. And instead of attacking it, they just wait. They just cut all contact going in and out of that city, kill anybody who comes and goes. And it's, it's actually, a, it was a very popular military tactic um, for walled cities because it was a lot easier, lot, it was a lot, well, it, it was a lot less messy f- for the attackers <laughs> because you didn't have to 
take down the wall. You just had to wait until everybody starved or they got disease or they all killed each other or whatever. I mean, it was kind of, uh, it was a harrowing way to go. It was, a, it, was a it was kind of a brutal tactic, but you just sat on them and waited until they died and gave or gave up. And so the Arameans came <coughs> and did that to this, this city called Samaria. And it got pretty gnarly in Second in, in Kings 7. I'll spare you the details, but it, it, what, it, it was kind of gross what happened. Uh, we'll save those for another day. But our main characters for today who I want us to look at are four guys who have leprosy. Leprosy, um, if just as to remind you, if, if you don't remember, is a contagious disease that affects this, the skin and that over time causes deformities and um, um, disfigurement because stuff like your, your, your skin begins to rot and like stuff starts to fall off. It's really, really gross and it's really, really visible. And so typically what would happen is when someone got leprosy and they started to show signs of that, they got cast out by the community. And um, our, 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 our main characters today are four of those guys. And it says this in Kings uh, 2 Kings 7, 3 and 4. Now, there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. Again, the city that's under siege, it's you know, Samaria. They, these four men got kicked out of the city and they found each other and made a support group. Maybe they called it Lepers Anonymous. I don't know. <laughs> but like, you know, like they're, so they're hanging out at the city gate and they, they say to each other this, why stay here until we die? Like, why sit around? And so they start to weigh their options. Check out these options. If we say, we'll go into the city, well, there's a famine there. There's no food, so we will die. And if we stay here, you know, there's no food here, so we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. You know, and then I picture this because there's four of them. There's, those are three statements. Uh, the fourth one chimed in and said, oh, and by the way, even if we get out of this, we have leprosy and we will die. <laughs> you know, like just like, you know, it's kind of a bleak situation, but they probably had a morbid sense of humor by this time, which is cool. Um, so they so they decide, OK, let's go over to the Arameans. And, and while they're approaching the enemy lines, some crazy things actually happened, unbeknownst to them. They, didn't, they don't know that this is happening, but what had happened was, it says this in 2 Kings 7, 6. It says, at dark, the Lord caused the Arameans to hear the sounds of chariots and horses and a great army. So you catch this? God caused like the sound to happen at night so they said, the Arameans said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. And then I picture all of a sudden, Fezzik from Princess Bride showed up and said, I am the Dread Pirate Roberts. There will be no survivors. And then all of a sudden he's on fire. He's like, I am the Dread Pirate Roberts. I am here for your soul. Okay, so maybe that didn't happen. But I just thought, I was thinking, this is what happens when your pastor's in his office for too long <laughs> without people. Like, I just start thinking in 1980s and 1990s movies. Like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, God's going all special effects on him. I would pull out Andre the Giant, wouldn't you? Verse 7. So they got up and fled. They, the Armenian, this army, this siege, you know, like people, 
they, they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. <laughs> okay? Minutes later, in strolls our fine four-fingered friends. <laughs> and they're like, hello? Anybody home? Nobody. Not a whisper. There's not a soul in sight. And there's plunder everywhere. There's, uh, uh, the Bible records that there's, there's silver, there's gold, there's clothes, and of course there's food. Enough to feed an army. <laughs> Literally. There's, a, you know, like there's an army, there, there's supplies. And these boys, keep in mind, they have no food, they have no jobs, their hands are falling off. Dumb and Dumber, anybody? No one? Okay, cool. I'll keep going. Uh, they, 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 they're hungry, and there's all this stuff around, and they start eating, and they start, you know, like, they start just putting on all these clothes. Literally, it says that they grabbed all this, all this much loot as they could carry, carried off, hid it, not once, twice, because their life just got infinitely better. Yeah, they might be dying by, of leprosy someday, but they are going to now die in style in luxury, in leisure, because they just found this amazing, ridiculous booty. They were having the time of their lives. And the next morning, it, 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 what, what happens is it records it this way, the next morning, you know, they're after they're partying and stuff like that, I picture one guy's on the ground, and he's got like, you know, armor on, and the other guy's dressed up like a king, he's got the crown over his head, you know, like, you know, sleeping, snoring, and one of the guys is like, hey, hey, Wake up. No, I don't like, no, 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 we need to talk. Wake up. This isn't good. We, we can't do this. I don't, I don't feel good about this. Look at verse 9. Then they said to each other, what we are doing <clears throat> is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it all to ourselves. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. In other words, they, they're conscience-stricken, and they said, hey, we've got to tell others about this. I mean, honestly, if we don't, who will? <laughs> like, the, there's nobody around, and there's people dying in there. So if we don't do this, who will? What we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it all to ourselves, to keep something this good all to themselves would have been just downright mean. To keep that kind of good news while people are dying would have been just cruel, right? And if, you've, if you're a Christian, isn't this how we feel sometimes? I want you to think about this for a second. If you're a Christian and if you've ever felt God's goodness his grace, if, if being a Christian has ever brought peace into your life, if it's, if, if, if it's ever brought purpose and meaning and joy into your life, there are times where it's just kind of natural, like you're not even maybe looking for it, but like you'll see somebody who's struggling in life and, and they're struggling the exact same way that you used to struggle. And then you're like, man, if only faith. And, and see, 
if, if you're a Christian, this, this is kind of what it's like, isn't it? This goodness. And honestly, if you're, if, you're, if you're a Christian, but you've never had an experience like this, at the risk of insulting you, can I just say you're missing out? Like, yeah, you're like, hey, no, I've been a Christian. I've I, I had faith since I was a child. But you've never had this moment where you're like, oh, my God. I'm so blessed by who you are and what you have done for me. If you've never had an experience like that, can I just say you're missing out? There's more to this God thing than you realize. And if life is heavy and life is burdens and you know, like this, it's, there, there's more. Your faith offers more because as you get closer and connect to the God of life, he will fill you with life. And if you're not a Christian, honestly, this is exactly what is going on inside of us as Christians. And that's why we want to share it with you. Not because we think we're better than you. <laughs> no, we're, we're like the lepers. We just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And we've come to faith and we've experienced this good God. And we want to tell others about it. See, all we know is, we're not trying to like spread a religion. All we know is, honestly, life with God makes us better at life and makes life better. And so like the lepers, we want to go and to keep, to keep this to ourselves. Just be mean. Because we care for you. We care for the people around us. And just like the lepers, we say today is a day of good news and we, we're not going to keep it all to ourselves. Just like the lepers, in, in order to share the good news, they, they, the lepers, what they had to do, they, they couldn't just stay there and, and hope people would come to them. No, they, they ended up, they had to go. And that's what they did. They went back to the city and they shared the good news. And I, I, I wish the Bible doesn't record this, but I wish the Bible did because it would be interesting to see like, yeah, sure, lepers. Yeah, good trick. We're not coming down there. You know, like it probably took them a while to get people convinced that, hey, no, they're gone. Come enjoy the plunder. But they went and people were set free. They were nourished. They were relieved of their fears. And they were able to praise God for what he had done because of the good news of the lepers. You know what's really interesting? 850 years after this, Jesus, a guy named Jesus, would show up on the scene. And he came proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. And this word gospel appears. And the word gospel, it's the Greek word euangelio. And it literally means good news. Jesus came proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God, that God loves you, you can be connected with him, and you can connect with God through me. That's, he just went around telling that, and it got him in trouble, and it actually got him killed eventually. But that didn't stop him. He died, he rose from the dead three days later. And, and, and what's interesting is um, the, uh, the followers of Jesus, the, 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 what we call the disciples, some of them would sit down years later to write what Jesus did, what it was like to follow him and be a part of what he was doing. And when they wrote those accounts, they called it 
the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke, the good news according to John, the, the good news according to Matthew. And they told his life. At the end of the gospel, the good news according to Mark, Mark records Jesus saying this, go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. <laughs> guys, 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 come here. I want you to be like the lepers. I don't want you to just keep this to yourself. I want you to go and tell the good news to others. And man, they did. And what's so cool, we've been kind of looking at this a lot in the last few weeks in the book of Acts, is, is how that happened, how they went as followers and told other people about the good news. And they did it without a building. They did it without a set meeting. They did it without a Sunday morning. They did it without Caleb. They did it without institutions, hierarchies. They even, actually, they really did it without the Bible. That wouldn't come until hundreds of years later when they kind of put thing to, to, together the writings from their followers. They didn't even have a name. That's another interesting thing in the book of Acts is they, like, people don't know what to call them, so they called them the follower of the way <laughs> because Jesus would walk around. He must have said this enough that he was the way, the truth, and the life. Some of you might be familiar with that. So much so they're like, well, that guy who called himself the way, his followers, or someone would be like, the, those, the followers of the Nazarene, the guy from Nazareth. Do you know the word Christian only appears like three times in the whole entire Bible, it's not that important of a word. You know what's an important word? Good news. Gospel. Because the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they had this good news and they couldn't keep it to themselves, this knowledge of who Jesus was and how they connected to God through him and what they'd felt in their lives and in their hearts. And they had to tell others about it. And day after day after day, the followers would just get up and they said, today is a day of good news. We're not going to keep it to ourselves. See, they didn't set out to start a religion. They just were really excited to share with others the good news. And they did. And, th and those others told others, and those others told others, and those others told others, and then someone told you. <laughs> and that's how we're here today. Somebody came to you and said, tag, you're it. <laughs> That's all the Christian faith is, is a giant game of tag. And it's your turn now. It's my turn now. Because somebody was a bottom rung for me. Someone was a bottom rung for you. And aren't you sure glad they were? And I know, I know, there's, there's so much crap in the Christian story. There's the Crusades, and there's hypocrisy, and that pastor that ran off with so-and-so. You know, like, there's all that stuff. Yeah, that's true. And you know why? Because Christians are, the Christianity is just full of humans. <laughs> We're fallen. We make mistakes. But underneath all of that crap, throughout history, has always been a remnant of people who said to themselves, if not me, who? And they saw the people around them, they loved them. And they said, I, I, I got to share this with you. And they were the bottom rungs. And now it's our turn. Because you, yes, you, are the bottom rung for someone.
Here's our strategy. Like I said, I I think this is a lot more natural than than we think if this is intimidating to you. I want to outline CLC's bottom rung strategy. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to make time. I want you to be genuine. I think it's pronounced genuine, but it doesn't rhyme with time. So it's (laughs) make time, be genuine, and when appropriate, invite them to take next steps. In fact, let's just do this. Before, b- pretend like you didn't see that for a second. Everybody close your eyes. I want you to think about somebody who you might be a bottom rung for. Someone who's far from God. That if not you, who? And I, honestly, before, before uh, you can open your eyes, when you, you've got at least one person in mind, I want you to think about this. Who are you potentially a bottom rung for. And some of you, you might already know it. But it would be good before we move on to, to, to really to, to have somebody in mind. Got it? Okay, open your eyes. Make time. Be genuine. And when appropriate, invite them to take next steps towards faith. That's all. You can do that. I can do that. Yeah, 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 it's going to take, you got to make time. You got to make people priority. It's worth it. And I know there's a lot going on and this and that, and and some of you are like, oh, I just, you know, I I, I work from home, or everybody I know is a Christian. Listen, 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 listen. You walk past them every day. There's somebody in your life that if you took the time, you learned their name, you, you, you remembered what their kids were doing or whatever, if you took the time, it could turn out to be a meaningful contact. You need to make time. It's not rocket science. Every good relationship goes this way. You need to be genuine. And th- this is good news. You can do this. I want, I'm not asking you to be anything other than yourself. I want you to be genuine. You don't, and, and here's the other thing. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to be a certified marriage counselor. You don't need to know all the stuff in the Bible. You can even, even catch this, you can have doubts yourself, and you can even be honest with those doubts, with them. I, I would actually encourage that because being genuine is so important. Auth- authenticity is so important. You're, and here's another thing. This is not your job to fix them. <laughs> you can't... You can't even train your dog to, to you know, potty train and how, like, like, you can't fix them. That's not our job. It, it's, that's not our job. And, and honestly, if you try to make it your job, they will feel like a project and it won't be genuine. Just listen. Be a good friend. And you might even be surprised that sometimes they're like, hey, they, they, they hit you up and they're like, hey, 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 listen, listen. Would you pray for me? And you're like, yeah, sure. And you're like, yeah. That's weird because I know you haven't prayed since your dad died. But yeah, I'll pray for you. See, just a lot of times, being genuine, it, it'll happen. You'll, you'll, you'll find yourself, oh, all of a sudden, you're being a bottom rung for somebody for faith. And then when appropriate, last thing, when appropriate, invite them to take next steps. Invite them to say, hey, come and see. Come and see. You know, hey, can I pray for you? 
Hey, when they share something with you and be like, um, listen, okay, I've gone through something similar and I, I know this is kind of a Christian thing, but would you try this? It worked for me. And, and you can try this and you don't have to follow everything that Jesus said, but you can take this one for free. And, and honestly, people will listen because they respect you. Because you've been genuine. When it's, and even when appropriate, would you invite them and saying this, hey, hey, would you come to church with me this Sunday? Because I got this church <laughs> that puts the bottom rungs on the ladder. And, 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 and you know, you can actually come and belong even though you don't believe what we believe. And, and, and honestly, it might be helpful for you. Um, I want this experience for you. Some of you have had it. Some of you had this idea, like, like you, you've invited a friend here, and, and it's so cool. I've had this experience before, Pastor. Um, but I, I invite a lot of people, and, and I've gotten to see people come in, and they're nervous, and they're not sure, and by the time they leave, they're like, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not sure I believe that, but man, can I come back next week? It's so fun to watch to watch people like, huh, church, who thought? <laughs> I want that for you. And this isn't a pastor trying to build his church, okay? Like, honestly, like, I don't want something from you. I want something for you in this. Oh, here's another thing. Here's another way you can get involved with us. Join us, <clears throat> join us to, in what we're calling the name game. This is something that we've been wanting to do since the very beginning of, of CLC, and if I feel like we, we have an opportunity to do it now. There's a group of us that would like to get together to meet 1,000 new people in 2018 from Evergreen. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that great? Some of you are like, no way, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, like, and here's, here's the reason why we want to do this. Um, because we don't believe the statement, if we build it, they will come. Because this isn't Field of Dreams. <laughs> this is Evergreen, Colorado, where like 90% of people don't go to church. But we want to be a church that goes to them. And so there's a group of us that want to go learn names for the simple reason of just getting to know people. If that's interesting to you, if you think to yourself, I could do that, you can. <laughs> if, if you're that type, if you're thinking that that's the answer, yeah, you can do this. And it's honestly, it's not a big commitment. We'll meet like once a month. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for the people that, we, that we've met, and then we'll be out of there. But if that's something you want to do, please talk to me today. If you're listening online or on the podcast, stop what you're doing, pull off the highway or get off the treadmill or whatever, call me. My number is 303-910-7711. We'll hook it up. It'll be good. But if, if that's you, please come do this with us. Now, if, if this not you, if you're the type of person where the idea, just the idea gives you a migraine or freaks you, stresses you out, don't worry. You don't, you, you, you're probably really normal, actually. <laughs> like, don't, don't worry. You don't have to feel like you need to come meet half a ton of people with us. Honestly, you still, like, that, if this isn't you, you're not disqualified from the team because here's the thing. The whole bottom-runging thing, um, 
in this whole bottom rung thing, quality beats quantity every, do- every time. And, and if you're the type of person that's a little more reserved, honestly, there's probably a couple people in your life that are blessed to call you friends. And through autis- authenticity and sincerity, you can be a big part of this. Because you can make time, you can be genuine, and you can invite them. Listen, here's, here's the bottom line. We can make Sunday morning as irresistible as possible. And we will. We'll, we're going to work hard to make this a place that's just natural for you to invite your friends. But as good as the bottom rungs are on the Sunday morning service, there's only so much this can do. It's only powerful one hour of one day. You, however, you're kind of a Monday thing, a Tuesday thing, Wednesday, Thursday, even a Sunday thing. As good of a sermon as I can put together and preach, guess what that sermon can't do? It can't look your barista in the eye and say, what's your name? How are you doing today? As, as good as this band is, aren't they good? Oh my gosh, you guys are killing it right now. Give, give the band a round of applause, please. It's so fun. But a song can't take a meal to a neighbor who just moved in and said, hey, you know, like, can I introduce you to some people? I know some really good ones. And as good as guest services is and kids' life, as, as good as they are at hosting and making people feel at home in church, as good as they are, they can't walk next to your friend who's nervous because they haven't been to church since they were a kid and they're afraid that lightning is going to hit them from the sky and you're like, hey, hey, listen, listen, I know you're afraid of church. But you're the only one that can say, but I'm not afraid to sit next to you in church. Come with me. You see? You see? That's church. This is not church. You are. (laughs) You be the church. And it'll take a little bit of time, and you'll need to be genuine, and there'll be a time when you can invite them. And you'll, yeah, it'll take guts to do that. You're like, will you, you'll find it hard to say the word church. Will you come to church with me? But here's the thing. You have the power to change the trajectory of somebody's life by that invite or a series of invites. Because God uses us to grow each other. He wants to use you to grow someone else. The question is, are you willing? Will you be the bottom rung? And if not you, who? Let me say a prayer. I want you to picture that person that you had in mind. Lord, we pray for those who we love, who are struggling in life. Some of them are struggling. Some of them are are having a fine and dandy life without you. Mm. And that breaks our heart too. I pray that you would, um, I I pray that you would (laughs) bring about my agenda for this morning. 
that we would leave here with a different point of view. That that person or people that we have in mind would take priority, that we would make time, we'd be genuine, and if possible, soon have a chance to invite them. Lord, I pray for the group of us that will go out and, and meet a bunch of new people. I'm excited for that, Lord. I'm excited to see what you'll do through that. The connections we will, may be, will be made and the stories that will be told next year because we did this on purpose. God, as a church, would you make us mighty? Would you make us a movement? Because family matters. This, this is, Lord, thank you for bringing, the, I love these people. And I pray that we would be the type of people who would not keep that all to ourselves. In your name, amen.